I can't see Jen. Hey, girl. Hey. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of This This is Steps. Hello. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey. How y'all doing? Feeling good. Feeling good. How y'all doing today? You know, it's been a long day, but it's good. It's good. We're here. We're here. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Well, y'all, I have been thinking because I've I've been I've been working and I've been seeing a lot of patients, a lot of younger patients that are um, just about to go back to school, um, and like go back to school in person. If y'all if y'all have been under a rock, you might know that we were in a pandemic and wasn't nobody going sure. to school. Now they are, and so with with a lot of the questions I've been getting in my office um, from college students about things like um, STIs and what to how to be safe in sexual encounters now and just being safe in general I thought it would be such a good idea to talk about college and sexuality and things that maybe we would have liked to know things we learned along the way that we should have known before we started um, just what what we would tell our our kids if they were going off to college as they return in person to be around real people okay wow this 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 is so good you know i was actually with my uh old neighbor lady i grew up beside um she was saying her granddaughter she had a, a going away party for her granddaughter I think people call those a trunk party well anyway a going away to college party or whatever and um and she was just saying she was asking me like so you a sex therapist you talking about sex and so she said you know right and so she was just saying basically that she because she had boys all boys but she was saying that she has a good relationship with her granddaughter but she is nervous to bring it up, to bring up sex. And so um, I was just like, why? I mean, I know, but I was just like, why? Like, if y'all talked about everything else, and right. she's like, I just, I don't know what to say. I just told her to make sure she protects herself. And I said, well, yeah, you know, my mama told me don't bring no babies home, but, um, you know, like, you know pro- protect themselves. Right, right. Well, I think she was talking about condoms and mostly talking about, you know, because she said that she told her granddaughter to make sure that guys have condoms. And so, and I said, and you can tell her to make sure that she has condoms too. And, uh, and I was telling her about where she can get them from, but exactly right. Like there's so many layers to that because. Because that being take pepper spray. Mm-hmm. that can mean mm-hmm. take condoms that can mean don't be in a toxic unhealthy relationship that yes. can mean protect your mental health that i mean using your word val and that's so nuanced to say protect yourself and yeah. really not give you know well I, I think in our generation right i mean i i can you know i can speak i think for the three aunties here that our sex education was don't bring no babies home you know and do you need some birth control 
<laughs> um, and that was the extent of education, at least for me, in terms of contraception, um, op- ways to protect yourself, both from STIs, pregnancy, the toxic relationships, all of that, that we should be talking about. But it was very much like, just don't come home pregnant. And then you are successful. (laughs) Whereas now I think we have a lot more opportunities to talk to young people about what it means to protect themselves. Mm -hmm. And and, and now I think it's even more a layered conversation because it's not just protect yourself from pregnancy or STIs. It's for things like, you know, COVID and the Mm -hmm. flu and any other (laughs) widespread illness. Like how do we keep ourselves as safe as we can? Yeah. And do you think the conversation is different, even though I know the answer to this, for both, for male children versus female children or non-binary children? What do you think the, the conversation, how do you think the conversation differs? You know what? I think now I'm guessing for God, for boys, I don't even know if it's a conversation as much as it is a you got your condoms, you know, and I'm guessing that's probably about it. But I, I know from professional experience, I have um, worked with some um, gender fluid young people and their families. And so um, helping parents have conversations of, cause I think there's a lot of well, I know that parents have expressed to me a lot of fear. I think okay. a lot of it valid and some of it um, due to misconceptions and things that we project onto kids. But, um, you know, especially gender fluid young people of color, you know, mm. a lot of parents are kind of talking about how do I protect my child when I really can't from, you know, this new er. Mm-hmm. A layer of of you know that that might uh, color their experiences while they're away at college so yeah I don't know it's a I mean this is helping me to think about you know because I have twin sisters who are mm-hmm. in college and they'll be at their in their second year in on campus but mm-hmm. the first year where it's going to be sort of like it used to be like when right. I was in college like there'll be football games this year Mm -hmm. and you know and and stuff Mm -hmm. like that so it's really interesting because I'm thinking about the things that I didn't learn about that was like that colored my my collegiate experience like um date rape and Mm -hmm. like boundaries and consent Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. like even but like the the good stuff just kind of knowing like we always talk about with little kids like good touch bad touch but like healthy relationships so you know like popping up you know it was like oh like that's how you know when he really loved you you know and Mm. it's like no 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 no, that's something to be concerned about right interesting is so my oldest daughter will be graduating in december lord willing and the creek don't rise okay and my youngest daughter will be a senior in high school so they're four years apart and I you know totally different experiences on how they socialize and what their social groups look like but when I look at how one is very reserved kind of stays to herself um and the other is a little bit more out there you know I jokingly say you know she's the one that's gonna keep me on my knees in prayer like Cause I, I really don't want to have to go to jail cause the wrong person did, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think about all that and I have very open conversations with both of them 
but one is much more receptive and open to asking questions and kind of making um, her desires known, whereas the other one is thinking long-term, you know, fall in love, marriage, that kind of stuff. And I just as a as a parent i'm i just want to protect her from not having the negative aspects of reality around sexual health and relationships to come crashing down around her because she has a very idealistic view of mm. what she wants um but it's interesting you know we talk about our experiences and our research throughout the years regularly um but when I think about how things have changed so much with the advent of social media, you know, I remember when it was like Netscape Navigator, dial up, you sit there, wait and wait and wait. And now everything is accessible with a moment's notice on your phone and your technology, good or bad, true or false, you know, and we see a lot of cyber, bully, cyber bullying and all that goes along with that and um, revenge porn and just... We have to be so very careful and purposeful in the conversations we have with all of our young adults that it's it's scary to think how much the world has changed and what is available and accessible to them now without having meaningful conversations and purposeful conversations with trusted sources. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. yeah. That's important because I think college in person, you know, so there is so much good social learning that happens in college. Like my friends and I always laugh, but one of my friends taught me that when you, you know, when you pull up your zipper, like when you are zipping your pants, you lock it mm -hmm. by flipping it down. Mm -hmm. And I thought my zipper will always come open. And I was like, my well, like why maybe it's like the brand of clothes that I'm buying and stuff <laughs> so we always laugh but it's like it's really the little things right exactly so but but sometimes especially with things like sexual health I'm not saying don't talk to your friends because your friends can offer support but right. I'm saying don't talk to your friends get your exams have a trusted adult Dr. Clay yeah. said don't talk to them don't talk to none of your friends call Dr. Clay but you know what also goes along with that is there's always that one person in your friend group hit who is a little bit more mature who's a little mm -hmm. bit more comfortable and confident in who they are that will do things like tell you um don't go over there it doesn't feel right mm -hmm. make sure you have protection sure. if you think you want to make sure you let me know when you get there and when you're leaving send, like, me, his, send me a picture things. of his license plate send me kind of drop, drop your location Here's the thing, and maybe like I said, I you know we all went to school, we all went to college. I think in in the same era, and no, I no, remember no. being. I'm, 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 I got y'all by uh, quite a few years. Hush, hush woman. You. Uh, <laughs> we went to school around the same time. What I'm saying is, we went to college right when college was still an in person thing. Um, and I remember being in college and learning. I think the first, the first lessons about adult relationships and realizing that I had no idea what the fuck I was doing mm -hmm. in an adult relationship. Cause even though, you know, you're 18, 19 years old, um, there, you are not necessarily an adult <laughs> in brain power. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I 
thinking about like, you know, my sexual debut and what I knew about sex and healthy relationships when I went into college, it was basically zero. Mm -hmm. And I think what I've been hearing in the office is a lot of where do I find out this type of information? You know, it, luckily, I feel like for me, I'm blessed in that most of the people who come to see me are very comfortable talking to me about sex and um, relationships and hygiene and things like that that I think are all healthy things to discuss. But for those who don't have a person that they feel comfortable with, they typically turn to their friends or the internet, both which right. have should have warning <laughs> a very um not always medically accurate uh information we'll say that right and so i just think like i think one of the things that i wish i would have known going into college right is that a my friends don't know everything mm -hmm. and they may not be the best people to ask all the questions to right right so, right and then to, to seek out someone, whether that's a parent, a friend, somebody's mama, um, you know, older uncle or cousin or what, somebody that I would have felt comfortable being like, so hey, mm -hmm. so hey, because I, and I, I will share, I remember, and you know, as ladies, I mean, we have, obviously we have men who listen to this podcast, but as ladies, y'all can relate. I had my first ever yeast infection in college mm -hmm. and I didn't know what the fuck was happening. Mm -hmm. I thought my shit was going to fall off yeah I did not I didn't know nothing about it and I remember being too embarrassed to call my mama because mm -hmm. I was concerned there was something I did wrong right and I didn't have anybody to go to so I asked a bunch of my girlfriends and they were like well I, I don't girl I don't know girl my stuff ain't never been itchy or burning <laughs> and lying they was lying, lying. one of them had they had <laughs> Yeah. But that's what I mean. Like I didn't have, I didn't have a person to go to. And I remember in that moment being like, oh my God, I have to find somebody who I can be like, girl or sir, I, I have a question. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's important, especially like me, I, I grew up in California. I went to school in Alabama. If you are going out of state to school or you're going away from family, having somebody, somebody right. Right. that you can go to and ask questions to or somebody who can help point you in the right direction that you're at least comfortable with. Because yeah. I, I, think I, that, I, didn't I think that's part of the reason that we started This Is Sex because we wanted mm -hmm. to be that type of resource. Even though we can't be at every place physically, I think that, you know, the podcast and us on social media um, are available and accessible and we are very approachable in the sense that we are not going to judge, you know, um, we're not going to laugh at anyone. Um, but I think that as we transition from the beginning of COVID to post COVID, that people have probably spent a lot of time on the interwebs and not in face-to-face -face conversations with their doctors and their trusted sources and that kids that are going back to college are going to be so uncertain about, like you said, COVID and all of that and the requirements that again, we're going to see sexual health kind of pushed back on the back burner a bit. And that is yeah. going to, you know, not- well, And I think the resources are gonna be different too. Like I, one of my, my dearest friend is a 
is the physician in charge at a university clinic. Mm -hmm. They're not even staffing their clinic as they would normally because they don't expect all the kids to come back to school. So I imagine there's going to be, you know, a limited amount of resources too on the campus if everyone's not coming back to school or there needs to be social distancing or whatever. Um, So it's going to just look very different than I think the three of us remember college to be and so how do we help people navigate that especially from a sexual and reproductive health standpoint yeah I just I don't know um I work for obviously for an online university and so working in the virtual space is very comfortable comfortable for me you know having those more personalized conversations um but I see how some young adults are really struggling with I can't talk about these things at home because I have parents or guardians that are unwilling or um, not knowledgeable enough to do it. And then- You know what you could do in that situation? You could hire Dr. J to figure out how to talk to your kids. If your child, young adult, is going off to college and you are preaching abstinence only, it's not preparing them for what for the they may encounter. So yeah, hi, yeah, hire Dr. J so she can help you parents have conversations. And I will just say, uh, I'm so glad you said, Dr. Clay, that um, you know student health centers are having staffing shortages or reducing staff because I was I was going to shout out the health center at the University of North Carolina at Greensboro because I knew those nurses by name (laughs) okay and I I you know this is how some people ask me how I got into social work but I mean these systems that I be out here helping people navigate I have often had to navigate exactly yeah I recall in high school um, I oh, did I say high school? Well, I mean, hell, I said it, but yeah, <laughs> I was close to graduation. <laughs> I was close to graduation, but you know, I had been advised that I might have been exposed and I needed to get myself checked. So mm-hmm. it was a whole thing. I think I shared this story before, but essentially, it was a whole neighborhood plot. And I went to the bus stop because, you know, I couldn't skip school. And right. I had to look like I, I had to circle the corner out mm-hmm. until the bus left. And then I had to come back home. But I knew because I was still on my mom's insurance at the time, right? Now I'm giving y'all free game. But I knew she had access <laughs> to my chart yep. with our health provider. Mm-hmm. Now, she probably could still have access to my records at the health department, but she had to figure out I went, right? So... I called the local health department, got my pretty ass to test and had everything taken care of. But, you know, I had to figure that out. And I was like, oh, my God. And that was some, you know, more social learning of like, I can't tell my mama that. I'm going to have a whole other conversation. But, you know, I I would say, especially if you are not um, in your hometown or even if you are in your hometown, you know, there are a lot of free community or free as in your parents are, are you are paying for it in your tuition so the student health center make that place be your friend the yeah. local health department is often free will offer you know testing contraceptive contraception lord yeah uh, and, and things like that but as well as referrals for counseling if it's something more um serious yeah. e- exactly exactly um, mental health resources being you know made available and necessary um different referrals for that but also you know and i do not and you all know i do not believe in abstinence only at all um in some instances instances i believe in abstinence plus but i will say this 
if you are, and I, I think I told this story before as well, if you are too um, nervous or embarrassed to take control of your sexual health, I would encourage you to maybe rethink the choices that you are making. So if you're yes. not, if you are not emotionally prepared to go buy condoms, go get on birth control, or at least have those conversations with your partners about fluid bonding and what that means, then perhaps you are not ready to engage in those sexual activities and you can begin to be intimate in other ways and express your um, fondness, your love, your affection, your lust even for someone in a different way using a, a, a different strategy. Um, because what I, really, what I really have found in working with young people is a lot of times they were, you know, well, I just thought that's what I was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. um, well, we didn't talk about it, it just happened. And then not really having conversations beforehand and then not having any plan for aftercare afterwards. So it's, you know, you, you're left with that. a different feeling. Some of that comes from parents' inability or unwillingness mm -hmm. to have an open conversation with their young people. Yep. Because I think that what happens a lot of times, right, is, and and you know, I'm going to say it, y'all tell me if you think in a lot of black and brown households what Hello. we do is we try to ignore that our children are adults mm -hmm. or young adults or sexual beings or will become sexual beings and so we act like if we don't say nothing or we don't address it it's never going to happen mm -hmm. and the reality is they are getting it in and, and if they are going after the herpes after it, the baby after the baby if as a parent or as a, as, as a resource person for a young person, if you have an open and honest conversation with them about their sexuality, that it's okay for them to be a sexual being, it's okay for them to have sexual feelings, Preach. but there are, there are things that they can do to protect themselves from things like STI and pregnancy if they don't want that. But there not even just focusing on the STI and pregnancy, but focusing on doing it because it's something that you want to engage in. Absolutely. Really talking about I mean. consent, consent and all of that. And, and yeah, taking consent, your sexuality in your hands. So I'll, you know, I do, when I was doing my newsletters and hopefully I'll bring them back this summer. Um, one of my questions from a 12 year old girl was, when is sex over? And she had asked her dad and her dad's response love him to death his dad's response was well that's really up to when the man comes and i was like you've totally a disempowered her two you've assumed that she's going to be in a heterosexual relationship and three you still didn't answer what the real crux of her question was is how do i end it if i want to or when do yeah. when do i when am i able to just say okay i'm done are you good? Cause I'm good. You know, to have that whole conversation and it not be, Oh, what well, a dude bust the nuts. So, okay. That's the end. I didn't have any pleasure. He came in three minutes. So, but sex is over. That's, that's literally what sex is. Mm -hmm. And so I was sharing with him that, no, you need to talk to her mm -hmm. about intimacy 
not just intercourse and what it means for her to define what her sexual activity is. And orgasm may not even be the end result for either partner. So do they just hump till, you know, whenever? So I think we need to, to add to that conversation. Yeah, you have to be comfortable as a parent or like I said, a resource person to have that conversation. And I think especially for, for Brown and black families, you know, our parents were never taught how to do that. And so they just kind of ignore it and say the bare minimum, which is don't come home pregnant, don't come home, you know, tell them you had, you know, your, your girlfriend has a baby, like, don't do that. And then that's the extent. And then you're sending these young people off to college, expecting them to figure it out. And then they don't even have you to come back to to say, hey, this is what's going on. How do I navigate this? So it starts... A, a lot of things start from the parent having an open um, and honest conversation with their kids and making that um, communication flow back and forth with whatever topics they want. Um, yeah, I just, you know, and, and then if it's open and honest with your parents, you know who you won't have to go to? Your friends who are going to tell you some bullshit <laughs> like they never had no itching in their vagina when they know they're lying. So and they know they but you know what my friend we had a lot of good conversations like oh you suck the balls too or oh you <laughs> you know we we had some good conversations but i'm saying you know what you make a good point because i think there is like this this inherited generational silence and then it's like well you know you're a parent now so you got to get out here and make it do what it do and that that's what that's what we give to each other so i you know i'm thinking like if we had a, a checklist or, you know, suggestions, cause right. Like I, I think sometimes parents feel like, yeah, my kid would talk to me about anything. And, and I'm having conversations as a therapist of their kids. Like, I know I could talk to my mama, but she gonna flip out or I don't know how she would take that or I'm embarrassed. Mm -hmm. And so it's one thing. I don't want her to think that I'm a bad person. Right. Exactly. I don't want her to think that I'm nasty. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it, I think it is one having that relationship, but I think college is a time where you have to be um, intentional, like one with teachable moments, which you probably might be having less of because they might be away, you know, so when they bring things to you, but, you know, asking about like, you know, dating or how things are going and something that we've hit on this whole conversation, I think, you know, um, this is what I was telling my neighbor, you know, sexual health and sexuality is so much broader than, intercourse or sexual mm -hmm. acts like I'm mm -hmm. thinking about my weight changed significantly in college mm -hmm. so I went I was a size eight I was on depot mm -hmm. I, I got off depot uh probably my junior year with my first junior year <laughs> and this let me tell you how it really messed with my mind because you know one the weight gain and the self-esteem and my body changing mm -hmm. uh two you know uh being sexually active with somebody from high school who was like oh you know you're not even getting it's not even working anymore like oh you like them college dudes better than me and I wasn't a sex therapist at that time like mm -hmm. I didn't know what was going on because that right. thing the desert I mean you could have that thing it was the driest thing ever it was like talcum powder it was that oh, thing, was, yeah. that, that thing you, was 
grinding them up, but I had no, I no idea, and I didn't have the I, one. I didn't understand, and two, there was there was shame that I felt, mm-hmm. and he felt rejected because he felt like, okay, if my body isn't responding in a way that it had previously, right. that I must not be into him, and so it created issues where if I could have, you know, known like, hey changing birth controls can affect yep. you know how your body's reaction and you know one if somebody had told us to get some lube okay <laughs> like yeah. get a damn lube but oh. but just even understanding that you know anatomy and physiology or you know and all that good stuff like it would have been helpful at that time but you know the self-esteem I keep thinking about like the self-esteem and mm-hmm. I mean even when I gained weight I was still considerably smaller than I am today but I just remember as my body was changing how it affected how I felt about myself and some decisions that I made during college I'm sure uh some of my not good decisions (laughs) were Mm -hmm. was impacted you know uh things that I did was probably because it reflected more of how I was feeling about myself at that time yeah and you know Dr. Clay brought up a good point you know a lot of times this is the first time that kids have really been away from home, from that familial structure, the safety net of, you know, someone hurt my feelings. I'm sitting in my room crying about it, but there's nobody there. My roommate's looking at me like I'm crazy or I'm in a room by myself. And I, my mom isn't walking past my room. My dad isn't peeking in the door to see what's going on. And I really feel a sense of loneliness and I don't know what to do about that. And I remember I started college two days after I graduated from high school. I had never been, yeah, I had never been away from home. And I remember my mom and my brother drove me down to Bloomington and dropped me off. And I ended up, I was in a room by myself for the summer and I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And you know, then I started realizing, but I don't even know who's here. Like, I don't, I don't have that friend group that I'm, you know, more comfortable having than just being alone. And it's funny because that entire summer, I was just like, well, you know, I got to force myself to get out and meet people and see what's going on and, you know, get out and socialize and go to parties and really step out of my comfort zone. And kind of stumbled upon the the idea and the concept that everybody else is kind of feeling the same way, but they just aren't talking, they aren't, you know, talking about it openly. Um, and to be able to, to find people that you can trust, that you can have those meaningful conversations with, that you can ask, you know, have your shit ever been itchy and burning and stuff, you know what I'm saying? And I think that because we see everyone's highlight reel on social media. We just assume everyone has it together. Um, and it's it's a real challenge, I think, for the, peop- the young adults and young people that are gonna be going away to school or even if they're not just going away to school, if they're going to trade school or community college or the workforce, but to one day be a child and the next day, you know, you're grown and you're out there and you got to figure it all out I think we need to really not just as sexuality experts as professionals in our field but just as genuinely good human beings you know create spaces and I say this all the time for young people to be able to have open honest conversation and to really feel like they have um, someone that's listening to what they are asking and giving them real answers and not bullshit answers.
Agreed. Agreed. So if you had to give two pieces of advice. I think we dropped some gems. I mean, I, I just, I, I think that, yes, I think people like for, cause I, you know, we speak sort of in this, you know, like what parents need to do and how parents can support their young people and how young people can feel supported. And I think at the end of the day, what we want to do is empower, you know, our people to have these, uh, what my good friend calls courageous conversations, right? So mm-hmm. sometimes it, it may be that you just bring it up and not are you fucking or you know but but you know just having conversations like you know somebody treating you right I mean one of the twins went on a date with her ex-boyfriend and they went Dutch but you know I, I, I we were having conversations about expectations and you know and because she, she was saying he went and got him some food but he didn't offer her any or even you know sort of like did you want to get you something and so we just kind of talked about you know I was like no because he could have got you a foe for foe you know like, I, I understand being young and broke but that being broke teaches you life skills because you could yeah, I could work $20 when I was broke a lot better than I could work a few G's in my bank account today like that $20 you know I ate on for two weeks and that was before foe for foes so I'm like yeah no you could have split it or you know but but just having those conversations about how did you feel in the moment and did you express to him and how can y'all address that so you don't feel that way in in you know in the uh, in for the next time and he's an only child and she has a big family so I mean you you don't go to Chick-fil-a without asking six people in our family So, you know, for him, I don't think he was, you know, malicious. I think he just is not used to thinking about someone else, although she was there. And since they're young, I gave him the benefit of doubt because, if you know, they had, you know, five or 10 more years, I would have been like, uh-uh. <laughs> but but th- it was a good conversation for us to have just in a, you know, he might not even have thought about it, but, you know, let's let's figure out a way you can let him know, you know, if we're together, you know, like I asked you when I got breakfast, you know, when we went to get lunch, I would have liked if you had asked me, right. <laughs> was I too hungry oh, yeah. for the fofo vote? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, I would say one thing that I stress to the, the young adults that I chat with is when you make a decision, make the decision for you. I'm not saying don't be spontaneous. Um, I'm not saying be self-centered or self-focused, but I am saying be self-aware. So if it's something that you know is a hard limit, hard boundary that you just don't want to experience, don't do it to impress somebody else. You know, put your wants and desires um, first and in consideration. Um, And then the second thing is to be honest with yourself about what those things are. You know, don't, you know, you you ain't got to fake it to be cool. You know, be open and honest with yourself about now. You know, you don't like roller coasters. You keep saying you want to try it. So you're going to try it versus, you know, every time you get on a roller coaster, you have a miserable time. It ruins the rest of your day. So why are you going to go on the roller coaster right now? You know, like be honest with yourself about what you want and what you don't want. So you can communicate it to um, even in, in a platonic relationship, because that's going to, there are going to be new platonic relationships as well. So making sure that you're being honest with yourself. I think my only piece of advice, I, and I think this is different 
Like, I think this piece of advice is different from what I, I think what someone would have told me at the time that I went to college because we didn't have social media back in the day when mm-hmm. I went to college. I think my one piece of advice for college students and, and young people in general is that remember that social media and everything that's posted on social media is cherry picked for social media. It's the best pictures, it's the filter pictures, it's the best, you know, it's it's the best of the best for most folks. And so when you are, you know, in college, if you're feeling lonely or you're feeling any kind of way, or you're looking for information that remember when you go to social media for certain things, you gotta take that with a grain of salt. Cause I think what a lot of our young people are doing is they're, they're going on the internet looking for information. They want information just like anybody else does. Um, but they may not have quite yet the level of discern- to discernment to know what's real, what's fake, what's fabricated, what's you know exaggerated versus what's legit information they need. So just make sure when you're looking on social media, you're looking for things on the internet that you take a little bit of that with a grain of salt and you try and back up that information from a reputable source, your doctor, your parents, your, you know, I, I dare to say friends, but you know what I mean. Somebody, somebody good. Somebody because I have some information for you. The other thing I want to add to that is also know that once you put it on social media, it really lives forever. So think yeah. about those pictures that you post. Think about those tweets that you make. Um, Ooh, I know. I, you know after- now. You know now. Jobs is looking on your social media accounts. Party people. They yeah. looking. They, they pulling up your Instagram. They pulling up your Facebook and your Twitter before they hire you. Just know they're looking. So, you know, that just goes into being aware again, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, I think there there is a point in your collegiate career, you know, like junior year, the first junior year when it starts, it's like <laughs> things are getting real. Are you going to grad school? Are you getting a job after this? And so I think, you know, at least for me, that's when it was like, oh, okay, this stuff is really, you know, it, it's percolating over here. But to add on to what you ladies have already said, you know, there's this whole thing, you know, what's going down in the DMs and who you mm-hmm. are, you know, sexting and texting. And, mm-hmm. and one thing I tell the young people in my life, and not a scare tactic because they don't work, but just real talk. If you being a minor, because some people go to school, go off to college as a minor, mm-hmm. send your own breastesis, your own mm-hmm. private parts to mm-hmm. someone, you know, you consent to it, mm-hmm. you send it out, but you are now um, sharing child child porn yeah yeah so even if you 17 and a half I mean I think probably 17 and you know maybe most people some people but yeah so you know keep keep things that and keep those things in mind or you know I know my friends and I and I mean I ain't calling nobody names but you know we would get a picture and you know somebody like girl look at what he sent me you know so be mindful of that too what you receive and you know and forward like you ever you saw you seen one looking like this you know so you know I I mean I I had the time the thankfully I you know I had the opportunity to make those mistakes in private um and so but you know this generation there's there's so much permanency in Mm -hmm. momentary decisions so you know just be mindful as you go off and want you to go to school and be safe and you know, meet new people and play spades um, and gamble. Because <laughs> I know I'm going to get 
know we play gamble for the space. I know. You know, hitting the tables. Yeah. Enjoy homecoming, mask up, have your sanitizer, you know, get yes. your physicals, make sure you take your condoms, have your trusted adult person in your life. Um, and, and be also one last thing is um make sure because the, the internet is not all bad so a lot of information you know we had encyclopedias and my family wasn't rich so we either had to go to the library or one of my rich friends houses to use the encyclopedia because that was our worldwide web exactly. but there's a lot of great information but just make sure you're following reputable organizations and I'm not saying that only people with credentials are people you should follow but you know be mindful uh, to decipher um, you know, people who are uh, influencers versus, you know, people who have some, um, y'all know what I'm trying to say. Just, you know, you can, you can follow them, but make sure you are following people, organizations that, um, you know, are providing reputable uh, information for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I think this was a this was a good one. I might have to write this out because um I'm gonna have to give it to the girls. Like I don't know if y'all listen to this episode, but this is all this is a checklist of what we said. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, ladies, I am so glad that we could convene on this good evening uh, at the end of the month to send these kids off next month to college, and uh, I think that's enough for one day. I agree. Well, I guess we will see each other again for the next episode of This Is Sex.